Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This Welcome to this glorious mess, big kids. I fell over all of my words, and it's Mama Mia's podcast for parents who fall over their words and pretend it never happens. <laughs> That's me. I'm Holly Wainwright. I work here at Mama Mia, and I've got two kids who are both at primary school. Matilda's nearly at the end of primary school. Oh. She is ten, and Billy is eight. So you'd be gearing up for a um, a big final? Or... Well, it's not this year. It's next year. Oh. She's got one more year left. Oh, so she's got oh, the grade baby. five swagger. They're starting to look at the grade six area, going, "That's soon that we got that." Exactly. Oh, it's awesome. The grade sixes at her school wear like rugby shirts instead yeah. of the what everybody else wears. They have a special, and she's got her eye on that. She's into it. Yeah, it's great. Class of twenty. It's one. great. It's a really special time, grade five. Oh my baby. Anyway, um, you are. I had grade fivers. I'm Andrew Datto. Actually, my daughter, she has come home from her travels. And in the time that she came home, we were not home. Oh. As in, we were in another state. Oh. Is that bad? No, it's good. This is the independence level you're at. You've reached, you know, parenting's like video games and you've reached the level now. Oh, like, we've maxed out. I've reached the level now where there's just full independence, full freedom. Well, People are coming and going however they bloody well want. Oh, we went through a great deal of stress over that. So feel better now. Yeah, good. Great. Today we're going to be talking about wine time. In some places, like on social media, parenting and alcohol seem to be synonymous. But what if relying on that bath time beverage is getting a bit dangerous? Today we're talking to Victoria Vanstone, a woman who's been on a journey of sobriety since having her three kids, and she's going to share with us her story and what she's learnt about drinking culture. Plus, our nailed and failed moments of the week, but first, it's time for Parenting Mentors. Parenting Mentors! Have we got a cape? Are you ready? Andrew and I are parenting mentors, you see, because we have all these children, all this all this yeah. knowledge. Yeah. So we always are here for you. If you have a question, please send it to us. You can record it as a voice memo on your phone and send it to tgm at mamamia.com.au or you can just email it to the same address. Anyway, that is what Alan did. So Alan, and I just want to say that Alan finishes his letter with, we are the cool parents. Which means you definitely are not. But anyway... Go on, Andrew. Dear this glorious mess, I think my daughter has a boyfriend. Although she hasn't specified it to us, my wife and I have a hunch that she is a bit friendly with a boy she went to primary school with. Hannah is 15 and in year nine. An awkward time for any teenager. I like the way the guy's saying all this. Um, But we don't know how to approach the topic with her without her getting cagey. How can we encourage her to open up to us again? We are the cool parents. Alan, you are the Alan. cool parents. Alan. Oh, bless. Alan. Now, this is Andrew's area of expertise. Oh, no, it's not. Because he's got three kids, all of whom have had boyfriend, yeah. girlfriend, whatever. So what do you do when you suspect there's something going on but you're yeah. not sure? Hannah is 15 and in year nine, an awkward time for any teenager. I, Alan, I reckon you and your wife should have a discussion 
an open discussion with each other, not your daughter, about how fun it was to have a first boyfriend, how fun it was to have a secret, right? To have a thing there where you're going, oh, oh my god. Like, do you oh, remember? Yes. Like, do you remember the first kiss? Do you remember going to the movies for the first time and sitting there and thinking, should I hold her hand? Oh my god, oh my god, I'm going to hold her hand, or I'm going to slide my hand across the back of her chair and put my arm around her. Do I yawn? Do I just remember how fun that stuff was? And if your parents had have said, what's going on with you, you probably would have... Said nothing. Nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's like, well, I'm guessing it's all I love that. So fun. what you're saying is like, as long I, as you're not worried about anything, yeah. then embrace the positives <laughs> of this and just have a bit of a chuckle with your missus about yeah, it. Yeah, he's not like a year 12 kid. If it's Well, hopefully not. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, like just remember the fun of it because it was fun. I mean, you know, like it would also be good to know. But then is there stuff you really want to know? Like do you really want to know? Maybe that's the other. <laughs> like, you know, our daughter, our the one who's now doing HSC, she's been going out with this fella for quite some time and he's a lovely kid, but did we need to know at the very beginning? No. Yeah. Because he'd just be going, oh, who are you going to the party with? Oh, this thing are going to be there? What's going to happen? Like what? <laughs> I what like, I like um, Andrew's do you really need to know approach, Alan. I think he's right. Remember all the wonderful things about first, well, it might not be love, but it might be like frisson, oh. excitement, whatever. Anyway, that enjoy all that. And you've got to let go of being the cool parents, Alan, because <laughs> if you think you are, you're probably not. And also, as long as you're not worried about her, let her come to you. That's what I say. I would often, when it was me, I wouldn't tell my parents anything. And then sometimes they'd get my guard down by just like hanging around and talking about other stuff and I'd get a bit excited and I'd go, maybe I'm going to tell them. And I'd be like, <laughs> guess what? <sighs> Joel and I gave me a kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, oh, my God. And then I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have told them. Yeah. So I don't think you need to know. I think you're right. Yeah. But just maybe in, but when just she, create the environment yeah. in which she can share if she wants to. Yeah. You know you can tell us anything. Don't do the, what I would have done because I can talk about stuff I didn't do because uh, I didn't do it. <laughs> it seems like a good idea. And this is an environment, darling, where it's all safe and you can tell us anything. So what do you want to tell us? <laughs> and then pressure them. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> no, you'll be right. You'll be right. Good luck, Alan. introduce our next guest today. Let me read you the way that she describes herself on her blog. Hello, I'm Vic. I live on the Sunshine Coast in Australia with three uncontrollable brats, <laughs> a scruffy dog and a very patient husband. I'm from the UK originally and I've been writing about motherhood and my zigzaggy journey to sobriety for two years. I started writing on the exact day I quit drinking alcohol. It became my outlet and my distraction from peering at the fridge at cold bottles of wine. I found letting out all of my f***ery on my blog and in my book has helped solidify my sobriety and led me to understand myself and my destructive habits. I've created this site to interact with sober, curious people like me and to help others that are questioning their drinking habits. Drinking has made me a better mum, not a perfect one, but definitely a happier one. So if, like me, one isn't enough and two is too many, then it might be time to join the Fizzy Water Brigade. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, hi, Victoria. My pleasure. Hi. Now, there's a lot to talk about there, but first of all, I'd love to know, what was your relationship like with alcohol before you were a parent? So I would have been described as a party girl. I was one of those people that didn't really have an off button. I grew up in a period 
lad culture where women were trying to drink men under the table and that led into my 20s a hedonistic time for me where I traveled the world drank in every pub and every bar in in every country probably and I was just one of those people that never could stop my drinking was sort of out of control but it was a clever habit because I surrounded myself with people who also drank to the same level as I did a binge drinker I suppose yeah and my habit got absorbed by the crowd and that was the problem for me it was never questioned how drunk I was because I always had a story I always made people laugh and therefore my drinking never got addressed. And then when you got pregnant, I assume you gave up drinking while you were pregnant. Yes, so the day I did the pregnancy test, hungover, I might add. Mm. It seemed like a three-day hangover, but I was actually uh, I was actually pregnant. Yeah. But yeah, obviously that happens a lot. So I hear a lot of stories really about does. that. Yeah. It really does. Uh, but my boobs were sore. I was like, I don't think I don't remember doing any sort of tassel twizzling. <laughs> yeah, what kind of dancing <laughs> what kind of dancing was that? Well, I was gonna say anything could have happened. That was the sort of drinking that I was doing. So yeah, but actually no, I was pregnant. So I had that nine months of sobriety and I had a little window into what life is like as a sober person. I'd never had that before. I'd always drunk. So I actually really enjoyed going out with my friends when I was pregnant and being able to converse in a normal way and then remembering it the next day. I mean, I didn't have to like grind a lamppost at a taxi rank and be falling down into the gutter to enjoy myself, I realized. And I was like, oh, this is quite nice. I'm making nice connections. And yeah, I, I could possibly do this in the future. But drinking was so ingrained in me and in my personality that I thought that, but the thought of actually giving up just wasn't on the radar then. Did you find, because I've certainly found this, is that drinking is actually a part of early parenting in a way that is a bit surprising, right? Like I remember when I first started going to mother's group and stuff, we were all graduated from having coffees to meeting for wine sometimes. Mm. That was like seen as a point where our friendship had taken the next level. And then if you think about all the memes on the internet about wine time and, you know, pour the bath, pour the wine, all those things. Did that surprise you? Did that seem very normal to you? Like, how did you find that? Well, I'd gone from being a major party girl to being stuck at home changing nappies and cleaning up vomit. I mean, obviously, I've had a lot of practice with the vomit, but the poo was a new thing. <laughs> so I'd gone from being this hedonistic girl to now being isolated at home. And the transition to motherhood for me was very, very hard. I found it actually very boring. I used to stay at home all week and my drinking sort of would build up over the weeks. Weeks of boredom would accentuate my indulgence, if you like. So I'd be a really good mom. I'd have all the right snacks and the right wraps and the right pram. And then the weekend would come and it would be time to go and find that girl I knew again, which was that drunk person. So my idea of letting loose and being free from motherhood was to drink. That was the only thing I knew how to relax, really. And it was, I suppose it's how I connected with the mother's group and all things like that. But it was really unhealthy for me, but I didn't know another way of being. Was there a middle ground that you were unable to find? Like, so instead of drinking way too much when you were drinking, or is it just the case of, as you say in that opening paragraph on your website, that it was, you know, um, one isn't enough and, and two is too many? You couldn't stop and, you know, at a reasonable level. Well, the thing was, as I had a child at home, there was suddenly a consequence to my drinking, which is something that I hadn't had before. Mm. So I was waking up on a Sunday morning and instead of laying in bed all day and demanding bacon sandwiches, I had a child crying in the room beyond my hangover. And that was intense, to say the least. I had to listen to my husband leave the house to take the baby to the park on his own while I ran back and forth to the toilet to be sick. And 
obviously that's going to have repercussions. It caused guilt and anxiety and my hangovers deteriorated over that time. So I did try and change my drinking at that point. I would get to a point where I'd say, right, I'm going to have two glasses. I'll have water in between. I'll do dry July or sober October. But I failed miserably at all of those. I just didn't know what else to do. And in fact, I needed help. You say on your website, people don't have to hit rock bottom. There's a story we tell ourselves that things are fine unless I'm in the gutter. You say on your website that that's not the reality for especially lots of parents, as you say. But what was the point where you did decide it was time to ask for help? I actually had a second baby. There was four years there where I questioned my alcohol and dealt with severe anxiety every weekend. My Sundays were just spent sort of crying in my pit of discontentment. But I had another baby, I had another nine months of reprieve. And the questions came up. Six weeks later, after the baby was born, I went out and had a massive night. I just felt I needed to let go having a two-year-old or a four-year-old and a baby. It was just too much. And I went out and I got very drunk. And I woke up the next day and I just thought, I cannot do this anymore. And so my rock bottom, it's not me rolling around in the gutter, which I probably have done done a few times in the past in many gutters it wasn't a magical dramatic moment it was just me and my husband standing in the kitchen and me saying to him look I can't do this anymore this is causing a mental imbalance in my brain every weekend and also I wanted to find out who I was without alcohol I didn't know myself anymore so I just said I think I need help I think I need somebody to stand in and reach out and take my hand because I can't do this anymore So who did you talk to? I actually phoned a local therapist. It was a company called Breaking Free, which was based in Maroochydore near where I live. And it was just a a therapy. It was a lady in a little office and we sat there over 12 weeks and just, you know, we got to the nitty gritty. I I sort of uncracked my brain and gave her everything that I had and all the reasons why I thought possibly I was such a people pleaser and why I acted in this way and we basically just broke it all down so I could lay it out on the table and put it all in order almost. You talk on your website about sober curious, being sober curious yeah, and talk about how phrase. yeah, and how you you now reach out to other women who might be feeling the same way and What's a sober, curious person look like and what are you hoping to achieve with those reach outs? I'm a definite believer that there's a gap, almost like a gap in the market where people, women especially and mums, are stuck somewhere between the pub and an AA meeting. And that's where this sober, curious community fits in. I call it a kind of Pinot Gris purgatory is what I use the term a lot. It's women who are stuck at home, drinking wine, you know, relieving the stress of motherhood through the only tool that they know. And so often those people are waking up on a, after a binge and thinking, why am I doing this? And the questions are coming. Sometimes the questions are drowned out with another glass, but you can't escape them. And they will come. And if they're coming, that means you're questioning your drinking, which means, unfortunately, I think you have a problem. Tell me the best thing about getting about your new sober mummy life, because your blog is called Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy. So now you're sober, mummy. Tell me the most surprising things about it. And also what I'm dying to know is the people around you and how they dealt with Vic not being the drunk girl anymore. 
Well, it's been so surprising because I thought, you know, I'm sort of turning myself into this professional party pooper and I thought people would be upset with me and, you know, they've lost their reliable drinking buddy, basically. But I am still me and I'm not perfect. You know, I probably shout at my kids too much. I do lots of things wrong still. The main difference is, is that I'm now an available parent. I'm not hiding in my bedroom with a hangover on a Sunday. And I think really when I got down to this in therapy, I realized that when I'm hiding in my bedroom with a hangover, my children are not feeling love from me. And that's what it all came down to for me. It was learning how to love myself and letting my children feel my love by just being there for them. And alcohol was getting in the way of that mentally, physically, and in all other ways. So I decided that's what I had to do. I had to move forward and not drink and show them that I'm not a perfect parent, but I'm going to be there when you need me to be there. You know, you say that you were the life of the party. Do you think you found sort of afterwards and in retrospect, maybe you weren't actually the life of the party when you were drinking anyway? Gosh, that is so true. I mean, that's something I'm still struggling with. I do tend to still go out and almost act like a drunk person. I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous. With but your soda only, water. I know. With, with my, Too yeah, many bubbles. Yeah, with my mocktail in my hand, like kind of doing some bad moves on the dance floor. But like, I don't know who else to be. So that is something I'm still learning. I'm still on a journey really reconnecting with who I am without alcohol. I mean, it's a thousand days on the, I think it's the 15th of oh, December. Wow. So there's still a process. It's not like you get sober and everything's all like happy and everyone's in love and there is that side of it and there is a kind of like really energetic side where you feel amazing but there's also other stuff to deal with and a lot of it is about reacquainting with yourself and yeah that's something I'm still in the process of doing. Victoria thank you so much for sharing your story can you just tell me the mums who might be listening to this who this is really resonating with and they're thinking I am that person who's hiding in the bedroom or is trapped between the pub and AA what do you advise them to do? I want them to realize that your drinking doesn't have to be extreme for you to deserve help. You are worthy of help. If you feel like your drinking is affecting your life in a negative way, in any way whatsoever, you are deserving of help. Reach out to somebody, take somebody's hand and let them guide you. I mean, a person, an addict or anybody, there's a vast scale of alcoholism and we all fit onto it, you know, somewhere. And there are people who are trained to help you and you can't do it alone. It's really important to have people around you. Reach out to me on my blog. I can point you in the right direction. Reach out to my Sober Social Network, the Sober Social for Sober Curious Women. And, you know, we can, we can point you in the right direction. Great. We'll put the links to all of those in our show notes. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Victoria. Yeah, thanks, Victoria. Thanks, guys. And the website is drunkmummysobermummy.com. I find that really interesting. I am not a sober mummy. I'm going to declare that up front. I do still like a drink. I try not to drink as much as I have done at other times in my life because I know I'm trying to watch my health as I get older. But I know heaps of women who would that would really resonate with. Yeah, and men as well. Who are like struggling with like, I'm the party person, this is a good time and like not knowing how to have a good time anymore once you're not, that's not your vibe anymore. You yeah. Know? The other way to do it is be the designated driver. It is. <laughs> oh, we just all need to get better at not giving people who aren't drinking a hard time too, yeah. right? Well, actually, I don't know anyone who does do that. 
If someone's not, oh, okay. I know people who'd be like, why aren't you drinking? But why though? Oh, go on, have one, just one, go on. And that's a terrible thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, that was really interesting. We'll have all the links to Victoria's site and her group in our show notes. And if you feel like you need help or anyone you know does, please take Victoria's advice and reach out. Nailed and failed. It's the part of the week that we give them a hint yeah, yeah. where we talk about what went really well or what did not go so well in our family lives this week. I'd like you to go first. So with no identifying factors, my little boy Billy, as we've okay. discussed many times, is really fussy eater yeah. and he's really skinny. And so at the moment we're working really hard on his food intake and like – you know, making sure he's trying to eat healthily and we're seeing all these people and stuff. Anyway, I was at an appointment with him the other day and the doctor lady said to him, the doctor lady, that's terrible, the doctor yeah. said to him. But she's a lady doctor. She is a lady doctor, but she is just a doctor too. She said to him, she was like trying to get him to eat things and she goes, um, don't you want to be really good at sport, Billy? And Billy just looks at her and for a minute and he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes... Well, what about when you grow up, Billy? Don't you want to be big and strong with loads of muscles? And he just looked at her for this long moment and he went, no, not really, no. <laughs> and, and I was just like, you need a new line, lady. That isn't washing <laughs> it anymore, not with my boy. But isn't it funny that that's still what we say to boys? Like, you want to be big and strong and be full of muscles. Anyway, fail was her, right? Yeah, that, yeah, she yeah. shouldn't have said that, I don't think. But... I am a bit of a people pleaser. So I was a bit embarrassed that Billy had sort of left this hanging, even though he's just being Billy. And he's like, no, not really. He's six, right? Seven. No, he's eight. Eight. He's eight. Sorry, but he's still telling the truth as it is. And also he tells the truth because he's like that. And I was trying, oh, yes, you do, Bill. I'm like that, even though I know he doesn't. So I'm like siding with the doctor lady, even though... I don't know. It's just weird. I was felt really awkward about the silence. So I was like, oh, well, I mean, there's other reasons why you want to eat really good food that isn't the bill. Don't you want like a six pack or something? He's like, mom, oh no. And I was just like, oh, my God. We just want to be healthy. I'm saying to the doctor, we just want to be healthy, don't we, Billy? It was like, oh, my God, people. Isn't it funny how though we all do it? You, you stick up for the adult I know. and not the child. Well, actually, secretly, I was really proud of Billy for, yeah. for like, he's just himself. He doesn't give us stuff what about you, big muscles and playing sport. What did you if you said to the doctor, the, sorry, the lady doctor, if you, <laughs> if you said, hey, lady doctor, Ouch. Uh, no, answers no. No, he doesn't want to play sports. I'm with I him. Because that's what he said. And I was just like, <laughs> but I was also like, lady, you need a new line. Mm. <laughs> you really do. Anyway, how did you go in your house this week? Uh, so Felix, right, our oldest. And he's got his band, he's Bingo Night. He's Bingo the lead singer, Bingo Bingo lead singer Night, of Bingo yeah. Night. Bingo yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah. And aeronautical engineer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that be. Yeah. So a constant... What do aeronautical engineers do when they've qualified? They do make things uh, work through space. So like might he go and work for like an airline? An airline, a rockety thing, uh, water movement, Ooh, all that sort thing. of stuff. Elon Musk, thing. he might go and build a, a yeah. rocket. <laughs> this actually is the nail. He joined the rocket team. Last year they Are they won. building a rocket? They're building a rocket. So he's joined the team and he is on fins or something like that. Wow. It's unreal. So he sits there and goes, look, hey. So, and I heard him on the phone and he goes, Talking to the other guys, he goes, "Let's just change the equation to make." It. I'm just going. Where something did he even come from? No honestly. one even knows. Anyway, go on. Anyway, so there's now a relentless supply or increase in musical type instruments 
in the house and he's all fully self-taught. So he's got about 13 and they've got to go somewhere, right? Guitar pedals on the cheapest eBay thing, which is not eBay, it's like Wish or something like that. And then yesterday he came home with a miniature keyboard. Oh, my God. And I just went. Is your house always shaking with noise? <laughs> I just went. Feels. And he went, how good. <laughs> He's his father's so son, I really. Know, I know. It's terrible. So the nail is, and the fail, it's the same thing, is empowering your children to try new things without telling them enough's enough. Do you know what mm. I mean? So it's like. Does the band practice at your house? Uh, they have been and they're not at the moment. But they'll come back. In fact, it's when they do play at the house, really good. They go upstairs and go. they come down and go, oh, have a listen to this. <laughs> and you go up there and given our uh, guest today, you know, there's cans everywhere and stuff and you go, okay, guys. <laughs> Rock but, and roll. Yeah, but like, you know, it is good. So, But it is like when the keyboard came in, it's only a small one, I just did go, gee whiz. As long as there's no drum kit, it's fine. Mm. But, you know, empowering your kids to be, yes, darling, you can do anything you want. Maybe there should be a limit on that. <laughs> Just a small limit. Depending on how noisy it is. Please give us a call on our pod phone and share your nailed and failed with us. That's 028999386. Or you can always record a voice memo and email us at tgm at mamamia.com.au. Also, if you're looking for any more parenting support between episodes, go and join our Facebook group, Mamma Mia Parents. There's all kinds of good discussions going on in there. This Glorious Mess Big Kids is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode is produced by Eliza Ratliff and Michaela Floriano. Did you notice today we got see ya, but last week we had ciao. I know. Because we had an Italian producer. <laughs> we did. See the difference? <laughs> see ya. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I, miss, I misread Liza's that. Eliza's from the country. It's see yas. See yas. <laughs> Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.